0: Hey there, hi there, ho there, and hello there. Welcome back to another exciting edition of the Cardinal Couple Radio Podcast, where we discuss the joy and excitement of you about women's athletics, certainly some exciting things that happened this week, in addition to things that weren't so exciting. But we'll get into all that today as we've got a nice show lined up for you where we'll be talking a little women's basketball, softball, and lacrosse we've got four out of the five in the house today daryl out sitting on babies again this week after swearing that off for a couple of weeks she's uh, developed that fetish again so it's, hopefully the babies are pretty well protected but uh, got case jared jeff and myself paulie in the house would like to do at the start of the show let's kind of catch up with the guys and uh let's go ahead and start with case first who uh was cooking green eggs and ham. I caught in the, the tail end of this. What's going on at your place? And show we, okay?
1: Yeah, had the roof replaced. Um, yes, yeah, uh, going to be a great experience. Uh, probably would have rated five stars until they sent a roofing nail through one of our refrigerant lines for our AC unit and cool. have been a little bit uh, less than cooperative on the aftermath of that so um, their rating is is no longer going to be a a five star from us Um, so that's been fun that's that's been a a great situation to experience and one of the calls that was made uh, was by our project manager who said that you know he usually talked to my wife but you know she said that I was a HVAC engineer so he thought he'd uh, I would know more like know better to to talk with him about, and I was like, hmm, "You've got no idea how much better I know about <laughs> this even than you do, good sir." So that's where we are. It's a, it's a fun time.
0: So they're unwilling to admit that they drove the nail through the line. Golly! No, they say it's not
1: their fault. Yeah, then it's yeah, it's definitely not their fault because they uh, they didn't they they sh- they didn't look in the attic. So how would they have known it was there uh, and it was. Uh, not a code uh, compliant installation which is one not true and two they never asked to look in the attic nor did they ever ask us if anything was up against the roof in the attic so uh, it's kind of tough to know if anything was if you never make any effort to find out so
0: and that's why i think that they should have a three-digit phone number because we've got one before you dig i want a new one bun before you nail <laughs> And say, hey, I'm getting ready to put some nails in the side of this house. And uh, is there anything back there I might run into? Yeah, I think we could make a lot of money on that, guys. So uh, we'll see what happens with it. Of course, we started out as non-profit at first to sucker everybody in and, <laughs> and put a fee on them. But uh, well, Jared, can you come up with anything that interesting? What's going on in your world besides taking pictures of people and getting into arguments on Facebook? <laughs>
2: Uh, I don't think I've really had anything interesting lately. It's just uh gets a little ridiculous after a while and people really don't know how to learn how to spell players and coaches' names as if we don't have a free go cards website with the spelling and pronunciation of every player and coach for any sport you have. And then when you tell them here's the link to the place and they still misspell the name, it's
3: yeah.
2: <laughs> it gets a little annoying and frustrating after a
3: while. take take the time to double check.
0: Yeah, let's look at it. We don't have many difficult names on the women's basketball roster compared to some of the schools in ACC, okay?
3: Well, some of our other sports have some more challenges.
0: Some of our other sports, yes, we do, okay? That's fine. Yeah. But um, when you take a look at our basketball roster, there aren't that many toughies on there.
2: No, and, and it's easy to go out and search and find and. I get their name spelled and i mean the teams will now tag players on on twitter and instagram so it's really easy to track it down and find the correct you, spelling you
0: can even go to google and if you even type into haley van Lithrong, google will tell you did you mean with the correct yeah. spelling and all you have to do is click yes yes i meant that yeah
2: right and it's like the same people who have this been misspelling Jeff Walz's name wrong all these years oh, if he hasn't been here a tea. Yeah.
0: for 15 yeah.
2: seasons now. Come on, people. Yeah.
0: And Jeff does like the waltz, by the way. So that's not, you
3: know. No, I don't. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know. You lead a barren and austere <laughs> existence, Jeff, where the only entertainment you have is on Saturday mornings talking <laughs> <to> us. <laughs> What's going on in your world, Bucko?
3: Oh, no. Yeah, I know. It's, it's always fun to... to have fun with being named jeff because there's enough of us that it gets confusing i have a there's another jeff that i work with really regularly and it creates much mirth within some of our meetings that we're in together where the wrong one responds to some to a question so it's always fun uh yeah you know um busy with work uh got a few days off this week which is great um so yeah i'm gonna enjoy Get my jaw unclenched a little bit. I was saying I actually had to take a painkiller last night because my jaw was sore from being clenched from stress. So uh, hoping to help and resolve and a little bit of that.
0: You, ladies and gentlemen, he's actually taken a prize fight boxing Yeah, and got dusted in the third round by somebody from North Carolina. It was one of a few defeats we had from North Carolina this week. But Jeff's <laughs> yeah. recuperating well, and we'll have him back out in a in a middleweight in a heavyweight contest before too long again. We're in the Cardinal Couple robe, Jeff McAdams in the corner. <laughs>
3: yeah. No, not me, but uh, yeah, it's going to be good to get a few days to just kind of chill out a little bit.
0: Absolutely. And, uh, yeah. As for old Polly here, I am down in the back, kiddos, and have been since about Friday, Thursday night, Friday morning. Uh, just one of those things, or... My back just decided it doesn't want to cooperate with basic movements like sitting, walking, bending over, and even reaching for things. So, uh, we're doing the and all thing and trying to beat it. But uh, I haven't had any back issues in a long time, so I'm kind of wondering what brought this on. Uh, we'll see. Maybe it's just because, let's face it, I'm getting old, okay? And, by the way, get out of my yard if you're walking by the house, Okay. Time of the show where we normally get into a little scheduling and Twitter information. We're going to turn that over to the capable hands of Case Hoskins, who will let us know what's happening in women's athletics.
1: Yeah, a lot going on. Um, takes multiple turns of the mouse wheel here to scroll to even the bottom of today, uh, much less the rest of all of next week. Yeah, so... for
3: season overlaps. <laughs> Hooray.
1: Um, And it's even worse uh, winter to spring because they play so many more games versus yeah. fall to winter. And it's usually fewer games per week. But yeah, indeed. Uh, track is uh, up in South Bend at the Alex Wilson Invitational hosted by Notre Dame today. And that's an all-day event. Rowing is doing their first event, if I scroll back. Yeah, first one. Uh, they're down in Dallas um, at the White Rock Lake and Boathouse. Uh, event hosted by SMU. Uh, swimming. The ACC Championships continue today. Prelims started at uh, 10, uh, finals at 6. Louisville women currently in third, men in second in that event, uh, with quite a few golds and bronzes uh, and probably silvers in there as well uh, to go around between the two teams. Women's tennis is taking on Austin P at uh, noon today. That one's at Bass Rudd. Softball gets their first game of the day against a real tough Florida squad, and that team ranked fourth. Uh, That one is at 2 Um, p.m. T-Mobile Tournament is in Gainesville, so Florida is the host. Uh, Men's basketball taking on Clemson at 3 p.m. That one's in the Yum Center and uh, thankfully on RSN, so I can't watch it anyway. Look at that. Uh, (laughs) Not missing much. uh, Yeah, uh, because of that roofing issue turned down a last last minute turned down an opportunity to go to the game against miami and uh, turned out i was glad to have done that Uh, baseball is continuing their season which opened yesterday uh, in tampa they are playing south florida at 4 p.m that one's on espn plus women's tennis is also hosting Bellerman. that one is at five and then the evening game i don't know why uh, Florida didn't want to play Louisville in this one, uh, but Louisville will take on the 14th-ranked Duke Blue Devils at 7 p.m. Uh, in that T-Mobile tournament in softball tomorrow. Non-conference
0: non-conference affair, yeah, yeah. even though it is a conference team, right there. Yeah.
1: I assume it has to do with the the seriesing situation that the conferences want to play, but.
0: The blue devil couldn't show
1: up. <laughs> couldn't, I mean, couldn't, he, can't make could, he couldn't tape all Loserville on his head, so Duke said all it doesn't bets are count. Off.
0: Yeah, all bets are off. Yeah. <laughs> <Yep>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Men's golf starts the Water Sound Invitational, uh, hosted by Florida State, tomorrow. Women's golf is also in Florida, uh, but not in Water Sound. They are in Melbourne, Florida, uh, so I'm not sure who is hosting that one, but it's the Moon Golf Invitational. Um, the SMU rowing event continues tomorrow for some reason the calendar I'm sure this is just a weird quirk but it's got the red bar next to (laughs) this rowing event which usually indicates that it's a a home event or that Louisville's hosting Um, and I would hate to be in a uh, crew boat on the Ohio River uh, in (laughs) mid-February I'd hate to be in a crew boat on the Ohio River ever but I just uh, hate to be on the Ohio
3: River, period. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. I know. Yeah. With, ro- with rowing, sometimes they'll host, and I'm doing air quotes with my hands. Host, but at another location. Like yeah, yeah, yeah they've, they've done that at Oak Ridge also. before. As yeah, well. Oak Ridge. That's,
0: yeah, similar but to maybe that. golf does that we, as well. We actually did a broadcast from down off Beargrass Creek one time. Jeff and I did uh, when they had their red and black uh, rowing. regatta got it down there. Right. Where Jeff got to haul out all the equipment, and we got to crash the. Uh, The team dinner afterwards. That was a great day.
1: Softball and baseball will both get very early starts tomorrow as their first games are scheduled for 9 a.m. Baseball is taking on Connecticut, and softball is taking on Villanova for the second time this weekend. Lacrosse hosts Central Michigan starting at 11. Uh, That one is on the ACC Network Extra and is at Louisville Lacrosse Stadium. Men's Tennis hosts Purdue at noon in Bass Rudd. And then women's basketball – is taking on a top 25 Virginia Tech team at 2 p.m. on Sunday. Uh, that's on ACC Network Linear Channel. Uh, men's and women's golf continue their events on Monday. And men's basketball takes on North Carolina at 7 p.m. That one's on ESPN. Uh, those golf events continue to Tuesday as well when Louisville will host their first baseball game of the season. Extremely early return home for A Diamond Sport. (laughs) That one's at 3 p.m. on Tuesday. They're taking on Xavier, and that one will be on the ACC Network Extra. Everyone is off on Wednesday before track starts the ACC Indoor Championships on Thursday. That goes through Saturday. It's hosted by Virginia Tech in Blacksburg. Softball heads down to the uh, Woo Pig Classic. Uh, Anybody want to guess who's hosting that? Uh, Arkansas.
0: <laughs> A Chinese restaurant. Yeah,
1: great great guess there, uh, there Jeff. Uh, that one's yeah. in Fayetteville. That game against Arkansas is at 6 p.m. on Thursday. Uh, women's basketball also playing at 6 p.m. on Thursday. They're taking on Pitt in Pittsburgh at 6 p.m. on the ACC Network Extra. Uh, the track event, like I mentioned, continues on to Friday. The last chance meet uh, starts that Louisville will host for Swimming. Try and get I some final. It's so, <laughs> your last chance, just in case you didn't know. You've already had your <laughs> conference tournament. Only one more chance to get uh, to get those A and B cut times. Um, I don't I don't know who all they'll invite. It'd be kind of funny if you just had your own meet and you're just like, "Hey guys, go swim. See how fast you can be." <laughs> <laughs> Which they might do. I don't know. Um, that one is uh, Monday or Friday and Saturday, and uh, prelims start at 10 a.m. for that one. Uh, softball takes on Kansas in that Arkansas-hosted tournament at 11 a.m. on Friday. No video listed. Um, If it's SEC Network stuff, uh, I think you have to have ESPN Plus to get SEC Network Extra. Uh, But anyway, baseball begins a series with Dartmouth on Friday. Uh, That first game is at 3 p.m. It'll be on ACC Network Extra. Uh, Softball taking on Southeast Missouri State at 3.30 and women's tennis taking on Duke at 4. I think that's their first... Yeah, that'll be their first conference match of the spring. And then Friday before we are... Or Saturday before we're on the air, uh, you've got the the track and the swimming events. And then softball at 11 a.m. Uh, taking on Nebraska. So, I guess through the schedule. It is jam-packed uh, with all these preseason tournaments that softball likes to play in they get to play a lot of games uh, (laughs) which means that there's a lot to talk about before you finally get to conference play and it really evens out with the the series setups. As for Twitter I tweet is at best case scenario that's BST case scenario. Polly is at cardinal couple. Jeff's at card couple radio and at Jeff McAdams. Jared is at Mr. Anderson Jared and Daryl is at Daryl Faust four then as always, you can check out the right side of the Cardinal Couple website for the Twitter widget that has all of the UofL women's athletics Twitter accounts, our Twitter accounts, and just a full list that you can follow along over there. And that'll do it. That was a, a lot for me to have said in, I think, like six minutes. It felt much longer than that.
0: Yeah, we're to through at 11.15. Good work there. Left us plenty of time to get into the meat and bones of the show here and uh, we're going to switch it up just a little bit from normal routine this week we're going to start out talking about lacrosse uh louisville lacrosse was at home yesterday as a uh coming off a road trip that uh, we talked about one game and that that we didn't get a chance to talk about the second game on that road trip however is that taking place on, on sunday and uh, the cards Got beat by top 25 Denver pretty good, so it was going to be interesting yesterday to see how they would bounce back from that, bringing in Marquette uh, to play them at at the Louisville Lacrosse Stadium, a a Marquette team that has played us close in years. I think they may even have a win over us over the last couple of years, but that wasn't the case yesterday as the University of Louisville women's lacrosse team came out very, very strong, offensively attacking very well, uh, jumping out to a 6-1 lead in this thing and uh, kept piling the points on, uh, going into the halftime with a 12-6 lead. Uh, some of the names we we'll remember from last year were, we're active in this. Uh, certainly Hannah Morris, Carolyn Blaylock, uh, Nicole Peroni, uh, even Coco Nazawa uh, <laughs> played in the game and had three goals. So uh, neither Jared or I made it out there. Uh, unfortunately, I had some stuff going on with my back and other issues, and Jared was feeding Freddie the Farm Bureau and couldn't get away from that. But, uh, hey, Jared, this was a big win for the Cards. They're getting this thing 18-9 to 9 over
2: Marquette. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sometimes the hardest win of the season is just the the first win of the season, so you can kind of get that under your belt and know what it feels like. and. Uh, get the pressure off of you, and I thought they did an excellent job with the friendly confines at the Louisville Lacrosse Stadium, which I think should be renamed into the Cardinal Couples Stadium, (laughs) Uh, and I was kind of curious to see uh, not only how they responded from the two losses, but just to see who's going to start stepping up with the, you had the graduation of some key players, Allie Hall was the leading scorer last season, and she graduated, Alex McNicholas was a key part of the offense and some of the ground balls, and she graduated, and then Obviously, and goalkeeper with uh, Rachel Florek, who found a nice career opportunity that she couldn't pass up. Uh, So she finished her education and went there. That opened up a big hole in goalkeeper. Uh, So some big shoes to fill. We were lucky to get both Caroline and Sarah Blaylock back. Um, But, yeah, I mean, it looks like the scoring was very well just distributed evenly among several players. Hannah Morris stepping up pretty big time with her final year. and then just from there, as you mentioned, we had about five, six players. I'd had two, three goals apiece, which is fantastic. Uh, so I've never really been concerned about our offense, even in past years. It's been the defense that I think has kind of been the primary focus the past couple of seasons under Teeter. And just being able to only allow single-digit goals against Marquette is pretty big. I don't recall switching to quarters in lacrosse, so that caught me off guard watching it a little bit yesterday. But yeah. Uh, Other than the first quarter where they gave up four goals, nothing else, more than two in the other quarter, which is fantastic. So uh, great defensive adjustments, and I think it's something good to carry into the game Sunday.
0: That's for sure. This (laughs) Being the first year that we've gone to quarters in lacrosse. So interesting move there, but I think something that the coaches seem to like in talking with them, just briefly, uh, it gives them a little more opportunity to uh, make substitutions and do some Timeout planning and things of that nature. Jeff, guess what? We won the draw control battle in this game for the third straight game. What in the world is going on down there? We finally have people who can get draw controls. My
3: goodness. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's that's not an unprecedented thing for Loyola lacrosse. back when Kay Morissette was playing. She was the queen of draw controls. Right. But uh, yeah, in recent years. I was
1: surprised that her being brought on staff has uh, had an impact.
3: But, yeah, but it mean, she's, did the first couple of years. Yeah, I was gonna say she's been on staff a few years and it's we're finally kind of getting back to it. So it's it's good to see. Obviously, it makes a big deal in um in lacrosse, you know, to go back to the very, very early days of basketball, the idea where, you know, if you make a shot, the original rules of basketball, you did a new jump ball after a made basket. Um obviously that's long gone in basketball, but that still essentially is how lacrosse works. You know, you make the you make a goal, you do another draw control and you can gain possession again and go immediately on the offense again, which is a big, big advantage if you can have that uh, advantage and draw control. So uh, it's good to see. It's an important part of the game uh, that I suspect a lot of people don't give enough credit and importance <laughs> to when they're first learning the game. It took me a while to realize just how important they were. So it's good to see.
0: Always good to start out with the ball, even if you score to get the ball back again. Yeah. certainly why the draw control was so important. But uh, the cards got uh, a veteran performer in Hannah Morris leading the way with four goals in this one. And as I mentioned earlier, Kokoro Nakazawa had three goals, a career high for her in the contest. Our old buddy, the notorious Carolyn Blaylock, had a couple goals as well as Nicole Peroni. Alecra like Catalano and Paige, which are oh, all getting two each for Louisville, which... Goes to one and two now. Out shooting the Golden Eagles, thirty-nine to twenty-two. Case, uh, kind of, just kind of a dominant performance by Louisville against a not bad Marquette team.
1: Yeah, I wrote about it a little bit today. It looked like Louisville was going to be uh, off to the races uh, when they opened the game with two goals in the first three minutes. Um, Marquette gets one back, and then Louisville. Rattled off four goals in two and a half minutes to go up six to one. And you're like, oh, okay, Uh, that's that's how we're going to play this one. Um, Marquette's able to bring back those four goals immediately. uh, And then Louisville started just the relentless uh, march, I guess you could say, towards victory with uh, what ultimately turned out to be a 12-2 to run after uh, those four goals by Marquette. Uh, put Louisville up 18-7 uh, the last two goals in the final two minutes of the game by Marquette kind of just happened. Uh, not too much you're concerned about uh, if you're Louisville with those two. The game was w- well in hand by that point. And yeah, like you mentioned, they're just relentless on offense. Um, just like in hockey, when you can win the draw, you, like Jeff said, can get the ball right back. Uh it can be great if you're the team that is dominating on offense uh, to continue to impose your will in the draw circle. Uh, And then if you are the team that is um, falling a bit behind or trying to grasp onto some last remaining straws and momentum, uh, that, that draw can really give you the opportunity to at least, if you can't get some offense going, at least prevent the other team's offense from immediately being back down your throat. Um, it's I hadn't checked into the stats on the, the match against Denver, so it's a little uh, shocking, I guess, to to win the draw control and then still be roundly uh, smoked, I guess you could say, in the way the level was on Sunday. Uh, but yesterday, you know, right back on track, um, had a real chance that they could be 2-1 right now uh, with the, the match against Colorado. Unfortunately, it didn't fall that way. Uh, but they come back they're one and two should be able to win against uh, Central Michigan if they can play like they did yesterday uh, move to two and two and then you know you're you're resetting the season. Um, in addition to the ton of shots that Lowell's getting, they're getting quality shots, uh, especially from some of the top players. Uh, Hannah Morris in particular has 10 goals this season she leads the team she's only taken 17 total shots <laughs> and 14 of them have been on frame so that's kind of astounding uh, and just goes to show that in lacrosse if you can get quality shots uh, out of players that know how to do it uh, you you have a good chance to score a lot of goals
0: and hannah was quite humble in the post game <coughs> words that she and scott teeter had after this one for the media as uh, she said we worked really well together today and she said we've done a really good job in the past couple of days Preparing and capitalizing in practice. I trust every single one of the players on the field with the ball. And that's awesome seeing everybody succeeding and scoring goals. The nine Cardinals and all scored, Jared. So, yes, uh, Hannah led the way, but it was a team effort, a team win, and certainly one I think that Scott Teeter can build on as they get ready to take on Central Michigan tomorrow.
2: Yeah, I think uh, the scoring by committee has been one of the philosophies since he's come in, as we've seen that uh, pretty much every match since uh, he's taken over as the head coach. I'm glad and I'm that we run that way, and I'm hopeful that it'll continue tomorrow in Central Michigan and uh, can stay undefeated at home and get the overall record to 500.
0: Well, we hope that can happen as well. This one, uh, an early start on it, as Jerry's going to venture down there for, I guess, what you say, the first half and get some photos and then head it on over for basketball.
2: Yeah, you got to uh, get there for, for Senior Day of Women's Basketball. There's plenty more home lacrosse matches to go still, thankfully.
0: For sure. And I doubt that I make it out to the LLS tomorrow for any lacrosse action uh, like you. I'll be going to Senior Day and uh, play for K-Day and everything else that goes into final cards, home game of the season for the regular season we're thinking right now that they might be able to uh, get some tournament first and second round stuff maybe even more you never know but uh good to see lacrosse get back on the winning ways there and we're very very happy that they could do that and get themselves back to uh, almost 500 maybe they can get that against central michigan Uh, one of the areas that uh Scott Teeter had talked about in the preseason a little bit is about the toughness of Nicole Peroni. And uh, certainly with two goals yesterday, uh, she definitely showed that she's in the mix of things and stuff. But Jeff, if there's a pound for pound, a tougher player on the university of Louisville rosters anywhere, I got to give to Nicole Peroni because she's just hard as nails and backs off nothing at all.
3: Yeah. And unfortunately I have not yet seen her play uh because with COVID and everything uh haven't, we, didn't, we didn't made it out there in the past couple of years and, and haven't made it out here yet this season obviously with only one home game I haven't really seen her play but she certainly shows up in stats she shows up in recaps is just clearly having an impact and yeah it's it's I love seeing it I love I love that this team I love any team that scores by committee and this lacrosse team is kind of doing that to some degree but there's a few standout players that are really great to see step up and and take on a big role. And in Peroni, certainly one of them. To, to see her over a couple of years, um, improve her role and and, and, and in embiggen it. I'm gonna borrow some Simpsons there. Uh, her role in become a more critical piece of this team. It's pretty cool to see.
0: It's certainly one of those seniors that uh, is doing a lot of great things for the Cards. And also good to see Kukoro and Naza. Always mess up her last name, Nakazawa, uh, who uh, is over here, obviously from Japan, playing some good lacrosse for Scott, uh, doing better with the English language, from what I understand, and with three goals, uh, showing that uh, her scoring phenomenon that she had in Japan is beginning to translate back over here, and and although she did play last year, they still have her listed as a freshman on the roster, so I find that. Uh, Good news for the cards down the road, Casey.
1: Yeah, and that may just be a quirk of the roster. Because uh, I I was I didn't so, recognize the name when I was writing it this morning. Uh, clicked on her pr- player profile. She is listed as a sophomore on her player yeah. profile. Um, so that may just be a, a roster quirk. But like you mentioned, to see her finally um, growing into the U.S. game uh, after winning three, I guess, league championships. I don't really know how they... Um, how they define those kind of uh, high school tournaments uh, in Japan, but winning three league championships uh, with her high school team uh, and then coming over here and, like I mentioned, she she scored in her limited time last year. Uh, she had two points on three occasions, uh, but only scored two goals on one of those occasions. Um, that was against Virginia Tech. So uh, in the third game of... Her second season, she's already set a career high in goals. Um, that could prove to be uh, very exciting <laughs> for Louisville uh, lacrosse to have not only um, some proven goal scorers on the team, uh, but also to to find some more talent off the bench um, to score three goals and not start the match is pretty good, um, even in a romp like this one. So Uh, She could be one of those players we're talking about uh, for a long time with uh, the amount of eligibility she has remaining.
0: We had mentioned, uh, I think Jared may have mentioned this earlier, that the Cards, uh, without Rachel Florick, who had been a a stalwart in goal for the Wolf for several years, but uh, they've got Jay Peck in there now, a freshman goalkeeper. From Auburn Georgia when you think of lacrosse players Georgia doesn't usually come to mind but she's a freshman out of Auburn Georgia not Auburn Alabama Auburn Georgia uh, as a freshman back in goalkeep. and it, she played some good minutes yesterday they've also got Sarah Deshi who's a sophomore who I think she made Jared seen maybe just a little bit of backup goalkeeping last year but not too much Uh such an important position on the team, and you're kind of trusting the, the position here to a freshman and a sophomore.
2: Yeah, and I think we've learned that not only from lacrosse, but from field hockey as well, and just the emphasis that a lot of our field sport coaches will put on the goalkeeper role in the position, uh, not only as your last line of defense, but someone who's going to be a team leader, a team captain, and, and really be out there just commanding the field, commanding the pitch, and making sure everybody's where they need to be. So sometimes that goalkeeper role can get a little overlooked uh, as the average fan may just look at, oh, well, they stand there and just have to stop something every once in a while. And there's a lot more that goes into it as a goalkeeper. And it's actually from more of the sport IQ standpoint and being able to be a vocal leader, it's one of the hardest positions out there.
3: Yeah, well, look let's, out let's, for. Let's face it, in, in field hockey, our, our head coach is Justine Sauer, who is a former goalkeeper. So that's not too terribly surprising in that one. But yeah, I, I agree with you in general on that assessment.
1: And look out for six months from now when Louisville is um, entering kind of uncharted territory in women's soccer. Um, kind of been okay. a. What's a, oh, that right. Post kinda, Gabby. Yeah, yeah ca- kind of a. Uh, predetermined position for the last, I don't know, decade and a half, you know, where you've got a goalkeeper. A, think Bill a Clinton goalkeeper. was still
0: in office when Gabby came <laughs> to <keep us laughs> and sure.
1: but, but You've got a goalkeeper who is obviously your starter, and then after that, you have a goalkeeper who is obviously set to take over that position. Um, and bubble women's soccer really doesn't have that behind Gabby, so we'll see what happens here.
0: Indeed we will, as <laughs> wishing the best of luck to lacrosse tomorrow but let's move on down to the sunny state of Florida let's go down to Gainesville, Florida we're going to the Florida campus have you got your T-Mobile phone with you? you better because it's the T-Mobile tournament being held down there and I went well, the first time I read this it's the Katie Seashore Presley Stadium and I thought I read Katie Seashore I'm like well, that's interesting a child of the 60s, maybe, I don't know, playing at the University of Florida, the Cards, with two down there, knocking off both, Villanova, in the early game, and then Florida, A&M, in the late game, 10 to 7 in the first one, the Cards had to do some late, innings, slugging heroics, to get this W, Jared, but in the second game, it was all of all the time, only five innings there, to knock off the Rattlers, 10 to nothing, uh, We've got some girls who can put the ball over the fence. And let's start with Carmen Greenwood, Jaren. Uh She hit two yesterday.
2: Yeah, uh, from our time so far watching Carmen Greenwood play, uh, she hasn't really been known to be like a heavy hitter, or a big slugger. She's hit some already in her career, but we've known more as her as a player who's going to get on base with a single double and utilize her speed to get around the bases and- get the ball on play to, to knock her in and score a run. So seeing her be able to, I hit a couple out yesterday, including a in grand slam, which UofL does not have a ton of grand slams in program history. So she's uh, going to be one of very few in the record books there. So congratulations, but it, it's just nice to have strong, powerful hitters because you can't play small ball all the time. You do have to have those who are going to be able to get some big hits, lots of RBIs. So I'm, very pleased with where the offense looks so far at this point in the season. That's something we I feel like we've struggled in recent years.
0: And, and, Jeff, it looked like the Cards had this first game in control pretty early on. You know, they had a 6-2 lead here, bottom of the fifth inning. Villanova picks up a run. Okay, nothing to worry about, right? But uh, they come back and get another run in the sixth inning, and then they give the run. Two runs, unearned runs in the bottom of the seventh to tie it up to take it to OT, take it to extra innings as they call it in softball. But uh, Louisville with that strong ninth inning to get this—it's uh, good to have a Hall April team that can hit the ball very well, sir.
3: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it was uh, really quite a quite a rally for Villanova. They were, uh, you know, they didn't score in the first three innings at all, um, which is you know when you're having a, a game where there's consistent scoring uh going on that's that's a tough pill to swallow but they were kind of able to backload quite a bit of it uh for at least in the regulation innings um it, credit to villanova that's that's one of those hallmarks of a team that's not going to give up uh, we didn't have streaming on this one uh, at all it was not available so it's a little harder for us to analyze it from a um uh, state of the play versus what we see in, in stats, but uh, yeah, it's good good comeback from Villanova and, and good dig down for the, the cards to be yeah, able to having, finish that off.
0: Having to follow on stat tracker isn't the most ideal way to track a game, but was able to tell enough on it to see that we had the huge ninth and then to get there. Uh, the second game, though, against the Rattlers, uh, basically came from across town to head over to University of Florida, as I believe they're not too far away from the Florida campus. Florida a is not. Uh, boy, look out. Chardonnay Harris, four innings pitching, giving up only one hit and getting a nice closeout from Sam Bowie as the Cards take this one. Ten to nothing in five innings. Uh, okay. Uh, that being what it is, uh, Carmen Greenwood, once again, guess who? She put one over the fence, and had three other diners at Denny on board as she made the grand slam.
1: Yeah, I, I wrote it. Um, wrote about it on in the article today. Uh, we talked last week how great it is to see uh, Holly April make the decision to slot her in at the second spot in the lineup instead of the first, um, given her hitting prowess and her speed. There's just so much. Um, Desire, I guess, to to want to put her up there in that one slot, but fortunately, Easton Lotus has been a great uh, addition uh, in that leadoff spot that really allows Karma Greenwood to move down to the second spot and putting her right ahead of Taylor Roby gives you the chances that you may not otherwise have. um Obviously, with the bases loaded uh, in the situation that Louisville was in in the fifth in this one, uh, you're probably not gonna walk. Carmen Greenwood normally um but you're definitely not going to walk her to walk in a run with Taylor Roby behind her. Um so the the power uh and the and the hitting of Taylor Roby is giving Carmen Greenwood more opportunities uh to swing the bat and she's making the most of them. Uh she hit three home runs yesterday. Um she and Roby both sure I think had three home four. runs yesterday. It's crazy.
0: Yeah, she's got four for the season now, and that's a career high for Carmen.
1: And we're through so, six, uh, seven games?
0: Yeah, we're, we're six and one. So uh, maybe she's the next Alicia Warney. Who knows? I mean, she can certainly put the bet on the ball and, and is doing quite well with it. Uh, uh, some other side stuff here before we, we move on. Of course, the Cards have never lost to Florida A&M 4-0 in the overall series against them. Uh, the 6-1 start this year is Louisville's best start since 2018. So it would be Holly April's best start here at Louisville. Uh, Taylor Roby, who wants to take a guess on her career total on homers? I'll give you 20, 30, or 40. How many has she hit?
2: I'm going to go with 30. She's senior
1: now?
0: Jared jumps in with 30. She is a senior.
1: Uh, yeah, I think she's already got like six this season so i think probably i don't think she's eclipsed 40 yet but i'd say yeah she's over 30
0: the boys are right on it and i know jeff would have said 30 also yeah yeah a career total of 30 for her eighth on louisville's all-time list in home runs just needs one more to tie for seventh with christy cunningham if you remember that name from back Mm -hmm. in the uh 2006 to 2009 for louisville as she moves up that list and uh a girl that uh, I love her name freshman Easton Lotus. That
3: is a great name. I love
0: it. Yeah, is, is yeah. this like is this a trucking firm or what? <laughs> uh, she has been on base all seven of Louisville games either by a hit or walk, and is currently on a five game hitting streak. So uh, big things from the freshman there, uh, but uh, it gets a little bit tougher today, guys. As number four, number four, Florida followed by number 14, Duke. Uh, you got to figure Roby will get to start maybe against the Gators, I would think, uh, but it's going to be a tough one. And I I, I don't know. This one kind of scares me a little bit, Jared, because uh, SEC softball is all bad and Florida is one of the best in it.
2: Yeah. Um, um, One of the concerns with that 6-1 record is you look at, who UVA's played so far, and you almost get sense in the, like a, a false sense of like confidence and comfort that it could be a really good year, uh, but we haven't seen them go up against anybody that's even like I believe like top forty in the RPI yet. So that uh, will certainly make a big. Or I think the only one was a, a loss to uh, the opening weekend. Uh, so I think these games against Florida and Duke today will really be a much bigger. Uh, visual visualization of just how good or bad we could be this year because uh, last year anytime we went up against a ranked team it felt like we were uh, on the backside of a mercy rule game or close to it so I'm um, hopeful that this year maybe we've made enough adjustments we've got some strong pitching staff this year and if we can get the offense going that uh, that these should be some good games and maybe pull off an upset potentially
0: Ohio State the only squad to Hang a loss on Louisville softball this year. They did rather impressively, but that's okay. Uh, only one loss right now is okay. Let's hope that they can take two today. And I, I'd even be happy with a one-on-one split today, playing two top 15 teams in softball.
1: So just real quick before we leave softball, if we want to look at how Louisville's offense has been playing, they have three players uh, that have uh, over 20 at-bats that have started all three games. Uh, that have an on-base plus slugging percentage of over a thousand, uh, and their team OPS is also over a thousand. Wow! <laughs> so it's like, uh, what? <laughs> Dude, like every time, effectively, that's saying that every time somebody is on base, or every time somebody's at bat, they're on base, and in total base numbers, which is crazy.
0: You gotta love those numbers. All right, let's take it to the subject we've kind of delayed and kind of postponed until the end of the show here, and that is women's basketball cards in action Thursday night. Uh, They did, of course, win Sunday and had a very, very nice win Sunday, but everybody was kind of saying, okay, they've got this road trip coming up down here to North Carolina Thursday night. Uh, This could be tough. North Carolina is the kind of team that surprised people and... Lo and behold, unfortunately, Jeff the Tar Heels did surprise the cards 66 to 65, getting the win on a uh, a missed last second shot that did everything but go in, rolling all around the rim off the backboard, and then finally teetering there for just a second and then dropping off to the left hand side as time expired. So we'll takes that one point loss so.
3: yeah another one that i wasn't able to watch live because of the the tragedy of the regional sports network cluster uh sorry it's hard for me it's, to... it's in the acc's home like unbelievable. right Never mind. anyway carry it's our home state and yeah it's, mm, just yeah die rsn die oh anyway um you know, I didn't get to watch this one. I did go back and, and pull up the replay real quick to catch that ending um, because I guess I'm a glutton for punishment or something. I wanted to see this heartbreaking ending, but uh, yeah, I mean, it was it's it's a tough uh, tough result to to take. Um, you know, I heard people talking about North Carolina being underrated, but I also remember them starting off the season with this huge undefeated streak 13. that everybody was talking about. Yeah. It. And I was like, you know. I don't know if really underrating them there, but um, yeah, it's it, it was it's a tough team. They're a good team. Uh, nobody's going to deny that, I don't think. Um, but uh, some frustrations I know with with the play of, of Louisville in this one. Um, certainly, the stats looked a little rough in, in some spots. So, uh, you know, it's you take the loss and you learn from it, and then you tear off through every mirror, right? You go on.
0: You have to do it. And some of my – I've got three major frustrations in this game. First of all, we got out-rebanded big time by UNC, and quite frankly, we matched a pretty well height size against them. But uh, to get out rebounded by 10 by them, uh, that's – something that I was not very pleased about at all. And I give, give Daryl credit. She did not give a letter for rebounding. In fact, Daryl did not give a let for, letter for anything in <laughs> her Fred report. Uh,
3: Harsh but fair, I think. I know?
0: probably could have given him a small E for effort. I, I agree with one of our our posters and on the comments section. I mean, we we put out great effort in the game. We were in it and we could have won it and The shot just didn't roll in at the end, but it's not like we were getting blown out in the fourth quarter like North Carolina State did to us. Uh, A lot of people were pointing at Emily Ainsler and her technical foul being an issue. And and I say no. Shenanigans, I say. Because in the exchange, North Carolina only picked up one point with the foul, the free throws, and getting the possession back. Only one point out of all that. Yeah, yeah.
3: However, you come down to the end of the game, they did win by that one point, too.
0: So That is true.
3: And you had to play it without Emily Inksler, Coach yeah.
0: yeah. Which, uh, I don't know, hopefully it taught her a lesson. I don't know. Uh, she didn't seem too overly concerned about it in the presser she had yesterday. On, but that was before practice. I would imagine after practice, she had a little different idea on it, uh, maybe so. Jeff Wallace barely mentioned the game. He seemed more interested in talking about other things. And I'll let you guys kind of make some roundabout comments on this thing if you want. Uh, I've outlined the areas that upset me in it, uh, but uh, let's go ahead and start it with you, Case. You you always hate to lose, but certainly a road loss in the ACC isn't shocking, and a team that's in the top 25 and losing to is not shocking either.
1: Well, first, uh, hopefully people shut up about the forfeit now from – (laughs) Virginia, <laughs> because now it doesn't matter. One, they gave it to us, and two, we threw it away, so it doesn't matter. Um, two, you know, Louisville outshot North Carolina from the field and from behind the three-point line. Um, gave up, just, you just gave up too many fouls. Uh, you mentioned being out-rebounded by 10. Uh, getting offensive rebounds is a great opportunity to... um to put up second chance shots and get fouled on those second chance shots and go to the free throw line and also pick up fouls on your opponents, um, Louisville only had eight more fou- or six more fouls than North Carolina, uh, and North Carolina got to the line and made almost twice as many free throws as Louisville. Um, and you look at the the difference in rebounds; the majority of the rebounding deficit was on the offensive end. Uh, North Carolina had eight more offensive rebounds than Louisville did. So that's not ideal. Um, People on Emily Inksler about the technical foul, I think, are quick to forget that we had a player that everyone loved that frequently picked up boneheaded technical fouls uh, and you took the good with the bad in Sam Fearing. Um, I I think that Inksler is... (laughs) Like she's gonna get it together. Right. Jeff Walls is not going to let technical fouls by Emily Inksler be the downfall of the team, right? Like it, that's not gonna happen. So um, that will resolve itself, and I don't think that you can point at that as a. a you, I guess you could theoretically point at that as a as a reason that Louisville lost this game, but it's not the reason by any stretch of the imagination. Um, and you get this off of your, you get this weight off. Uh, Louisville has played as the top one or two team in the ACC for quite a while. Uh, I don't think anybody's going to knock off NC State now, Um, and Louisville is set to probably be the two-seed in this tournament. Hopefully, that will give them some more juice when and if they rematch against North Carolina State. uh, They should still be in a position, I think, as long as they can win out the regular season and not lose in the first or second round, it's of, of the ACC tournament, uh, still be one of the top eight teams in the NCAA tournament, and then we just see where we go from there. Um, this game's not all doom and gloom to me. Like we said, North Carolina is a good team. They're twenty and five now, so it is what it is. So
0: a, a big record for them, indeed. And uh, you know, on, on a night where even Virginia won Thursday night, which uh, boy, you could have knocked me down with a feather on that one. I would have, would not have figured they to win a game the rest of the year. Virginia gets a win. We take a loss. Yes, it's tournament time coming up around the corner. And strange things are going on in the ACC. But the bigger problem that I see here, Jared, is just the Cards' failure to finish again. All three games that we've lost this year, we've lost in the fourth quarter after having nice leads.
2: Yeah, and I know to an extent you want to – look at the officiating again, which I can go on a, a rant that would last for hours about women's basketball officiating. But yeah, I mean, UVL just didn't do their job. And we kind of talked about in the group text when I brought up the the question there about when we had Mikasa, Chelsea, Alana, and I think Liz Dixon all in together. And I'm thinking, man, we've got a lot of solid defensive players, but we don't have a lot of scores on the court right now, which, uh, you know, we were kind of talking about back and forth. And I think that hurt when we of went on a little silent streak there. Other than Haley getting a couple of baskets, that even when you've got a strong defensive lineup, and if you're not scoring, the other team's going to start creeping back in on you. And that was part of it. And we were, we just missed open looks. And I was talking to someone on social media. It was like, man, the basketball gods just gave us a big middle finger there at the end. Kiana with the fantastic look at three that didn't go in, and then Chelsea's that. I mean, it sat up on the rim for it felt like forever. And like Nick said in the comments section. What if that ball rolls right instead of left at the end? We win the game and we're still tied for first in the ACC. Uh, so it's a lot more than just that Emily Ingsler technical foul, which if you really want to break that down a little bit more, she got smacked pretty hard going in for a shot mm. right before that that was not called. Now, her emotions out of her own frustration, she had that reach-in foul uh, that got whistled moments later. And But the thing is, as an official, if you're going to – um, we're not already if you're going to fuck up a call like you've got to be able to <laughs> Yeah, screw you FCC. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you've got to take the heat and let players say something i mean you see that at any sport of any level you screw up a call you got to sit there and just take it for a moment like yeah you do put put your pride away and quit let your feelings get hurt cuz you missed a call and someone's going to call you out on it. it it's not a reason to give her a techno ad from what we could see on tv and trying to lip read i didn't see any bad words come out of her mouth and I mean it was at no point did she just stop and talk to the official she still kept walking like let it go dude I mean it's getting really ridiculous how consistently bad the women's basketball officiating is but and it's not just this year I mean this has been going on year after year after year after year for all sorts of different uh, teams and uh, we've been on the good side of some and on the bad side of some and it's just like we talk about how the NCAA will invest all this money for men's basketball and especially tournament time and all these nice benefits and women's basketball. Well, look at all the extra money they're investing in the men's basketball officiating compared to women's basketball officiating. And then we have such a crappy pool to pull from that they all suck, don't know the rules, can't do their job. I mean, that's just another part of it. The NCAA needs to really step it up and, and make some changes and get that fixed. It It's just getting really old and you're not going to grow a fan base for women's basketball with these types of officials.
0: Could probably devote an entire podcast to the fallacies and the shortcomings of the NCAA. Of the past yeah. few weeks, we
3: probably effectively have. Yeah, yeah. If you add I condensed my rant there.
2: The
0: and yelled yeah. about it and stuff like that. Yeah, you could probably get. I, and after have Why we hate so... the NCAA? That's right. Yeah. Volumes one and two. That's right. I
1: had to go back into the uh, podcast episode settings and set this one to uh, explicit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. dang jared you made me click an extra button which means i had to find that button to click it
3: i i never set up as as on the youtube side as you know kid friendly or whatever so <laughs> That's fortunately i get know, to do like mine it. by episode so All right
0: yeah so uh, yeah we're gonna have to have a you know explicit warning you yeah. know rapper jared breaks out you know with some <laughs> uh-huh. rhymes and uh no it's
2: Hey, we kept it within one bad word. So, in terms of yeah. m- movie and film purposes, it can still be PG thirteen.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's
0: right. when they do when they do the the Cardinal Couple, dossier, yeah, uh, we're gonna have to cut that five seconds out, Jared. But that's just the way it goes. <laughs>
2: Twitter won't censor it.
0: You know, you you look at this loss and then. I guess philosophically you can say, well, nobody expected us to be where we are right now anyway, except for the the few fanatical few out there who had us going undefeated. And certainly, I didn't see us at this point in time of the year being 22-3. and I'll be honest with you. I thought that we'd have a couple more losses on us. The the thing is that uh, in all three losses, they've all been on the road. We haven't lost a home game yet. But we've got Virginia Tech coming in Sunday. And Kenny Brooks has got a very good team this year.
2: Please don't yeah. jinx the home under <laughs> season, Paul.
0: Yeah, well, you know, I'm not trying to jinx the home streak. I'm not trying to – I'm just trying to point out that I think they've got the best center in the ACC in Elizabeth Kittley. Although people would argue that with me and Gold with and others. Uh, I even have some diehards who debate that and say, no, we've got the best center on our team, but it's two centers instead of one. Okay, fine however your way you want to take it on. If you leave Kitley alone underneath the basket, she will put up 30 points on you. So there's going to have to be a concentrated defensive effort there. Uh, and the emotionality of coming back after a loss. A lot of good things are going on at Sunday game. Of course, obviously, it's going to be senior day, a very emotional time. It's going to, you know, the, the, the pick out, the play for K birth cancer survivor game, a lot of emotion at halftime there uh saying goodbye to the seniors the last home game of the year for the regular season a lot on the line for some of these girls who uh, will be saying their goodbyes to the kfcm center for our last regular season game uh you tell me jeff does emotion get us through this one?
3: Oh gosh you know i i think to some degree you can you can let somebody like kitley score her 30 as long as you shut down the rest so there's a, a there's a possibility of attacking the gameplay differently than that but yeah it's certainly something to be concerned with I've always senior days senior nights are always challenging because of that emotion and how is the team going to respond to it because you don't really have an analog to that anywhere in the rest of the season it's it's one time a year at the end of the season and you don't you never really know how the team's going to respond to it um you know helpful for us, maybe that we've had a series of, I guess, three announcements over this week of players who are not going to be participating. I assume in Senior Day, since they've announced that they'll be back for their COVID years. Um, Liz Dixon, Castle Robinson, and uh, Alana Smith, so they won't be participating in the Senior Day. So that gives everybody a little bit of a lift. That it's it's not. There's some There's some more continuity there to, to come. So uh, we can celebrate the ones who do participate. We, and we don't know for sure, I guess, who actually is participating in this at this point. We're making some assumptions here. Um, Emily Inksler and uh, Kiana Smith will be, but, you know, we don't know that for sure yet. So, uh, yeah, you know, it's it's concerning, something to think about. Um, you never know how a team's going to react to that emotion.
0: Hopefully it won't be a bad reaction and it'll be a favorable one for the Cards on this one. We can certainly hope that, uh, but, uh, gang. I'm I'm looking here, and we're getting close, and we're we're rolling up on the noon hour here. So, let's certainly uh, get into some final thoughts here, and and kind of just uh, what a crazy week it's been. Let's kind of wrap it up here. Uh, Gerald, why don't you start us out with final thoughts today? Yeah,
2: I'm I'm actually really looking forward to Senior Day tomorrow. That uh, just everything going on the pink out. The uh, just the senior recognition for everybody. The fact that we're still going to be a top five team and arguably a one seed in the tournament, and we're going to host the first two rounds of the NCAA tournament. We, I mean, whether you're a one seed, a two seed, whatever seed you are, it doesn't really matter when it comes down to it. It just matters who wins and then so, uh, you know, and then a loss who who cares, I guess, that much. So just looking forward to watching Yvell kind of regroup, regather themselves. And I think this could be a game where just due to the circumstances, everything going on, that you know, we could win big. It may be like the Asia Dura game against he State a few years ago, and that's what... I'm just looking forward to a fun game again.
0: So we certainly hope that the fans will roll out for this one tomorrow. Indeed. Uh, Case, what's on your mind for final thoughts?
1: Yeah, just looking at uh, some of the women's swimming that's ongoing today, and yesterday with some of the... Um, some of the results that came in. It's nice to open up the uh, two-column chart, and for this ACC championship, for every event, they show all of the records. Uh, Yesterday, the first event was the women's 200-yard butterfly. Uh, The meet, conference, and pool records are all held by UofL swimmers. Um, Conference and pool, both held by Kelsey Whirl, and the meet held by Grace Oglesby. Uh, and then Abigail Hay picked up the bronze medal in that event yesterday. So just rooting for all of the U uh, of L swimmers as, as they continue to be one of the um, hidden gems. I mean, I mean, the men's and women's swimming team, I think, are, are really hidden gems on U of L's campus that a lot of people don't think about um, because it's not so much a, a team sport necessarily, but U of L has produced a lot of fantastic. Uh, competitors in the pool over the years
0: indeed they have indeed they have kelsey's probably my favorite of all time but there have been so many that have made such great great accomplishments over there in the netatorium. jeff final thoughts
3: oh gosh uh busy day tomorrow uh i got I also have season tickets uh, to Broadway series shows, and they frequently will land on the same day as a afternoon basketball game on Sundays. So uh, that's uh, a situation that we're dealing with uh, tomorrow. So be a busy day, but gonna enjoy the game and then enjoy a pretty. What sounds like it's gonna be a pretty cool show at Kentucky Center tonight, tomorrow night. So yeah,
0: there you go. He's a metrosexual. He does all of things. Uh, as for me, uh, I. I know announcements and things like that are stuff that, that we tend to analyze and go over. But I, I've just got to tell you, when Liz Dixon said she was coming back next year, I, I did the happy dance. I was Snoopy in a, in a Charlie Brown cartoon because putting her out there with Olivia Cochran gives us one of the most potent center positions in college basketball. Not much even to count the ACC, knowing that they'll both be back with another year of experience underneath them. And then you're adding a very, very talented player in Alexis Mobley to that front line as well. You're losing Emily Aesler. But Alexis Mobley, who's been on the roster this year, just you know, taking the red shirt year, coming straight out of high school to say, okay, I want to go to the games with you guys. And I want to watch you, and I want to be parts of practice and everything, and don't play me. But how much is she picking up just being able to do that? Uh, I'm very excited about the rest of this year. Don't get me wrong, but I take a look at some of the potential we've got coming back in here next year. And I get even more excited. So I think good things are going to continue for Jeff Walls and his bunch. Certainly hope we do well tomorrow against Kenny Brooks and those Hokies. That's going to do it for another edition of the Cardinal couple Radio Hour podcast. Certainly. Appreciate you all tuning in, and unless you know something we don't, we'll see you next week at 11 a.m. here. Thanks for listening, everybody.
3: Thanks
1: for listening to the Cardinal Couple Radio Hour. If you liked what you heard, please feel free to give us a rating or review and subscribe to the show in your podcast player of choice. We're available on all of the major podcast players. And be sure to check out the site at cardinalcouple.com for the daily column bringing you the joy and excitement of mobile women's athletics.